love the energy in the room today. My name is Taylor, but most people around here call me Tay. And I'm so excited to bring the word to y'all today. If you were here last week, Kelsey lit the stage on fire. Like, I was crying at the end. It was a lot, but I loved it. Part of the thing she talked about was mental health was made up of many components. It's not just made up of what goes on in your mind, but it's also made of what goes on in your physical and what goes on in your spiritual. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going to go on in the spiritual that's going to elevate you to the next level of your health. But before that, I remember that there was a time when I was in high school and we took a trip, a field trip, the best kind of field trip, which is like out of the state field trip where like y'all away from your parents, you get to stay. And it was amazing. Okay, so I was in band in high school. I went to Sickles. Yeah, band kids, Sickles kids. Yeah, awesome. So I was in band. And in ninth grade, I think it was ninth or 10th grade, we went to the, we went to DC um, so that we could play at Carnegie Hall. And anybody who knows band knows that Carnegie Hall is a big deal. So we went up there, but there was actually a side trip for us just to do some tours and things. And we actually went to the White House. And it was super cool as a ninth grader being at the White House because you're like, man, I'm a couple rooms away from the president. Like, he's not right here. Like, we didn't get to meet him, which was unfortunate. But he was only a couple rooms away. And I was just thinking, like, how crazy would it be if I could just talk to the president when I wanted to? Like, his daughters would live in there, too, and they were probably sitting there eating their cereal, like, hi, Dad. They're talking to Dad about all the problems they have, like homework. He's, like, running the free world, but he's still listening because he likes, you know, he loves them. And I was just thinking about how cool it would be to be the daughter or son of someone famous. Like, oh, that's so amazing. But also, I think about how we even have access to someone who is even more powerful than the president. The Bible talks about that God has the king's heart in his hand and he moves it around like streams of water. And so our direct line of communication to our dad, talking about our homework while he's running the free world is prayer. And so today, I just want to bring it to you real. Why is it important for us to pray? I mean, anybody who's been in church for any amount of time can tell you that, you know, you should pray. You should read your Bible. You should spend time with God. But literally, why? And also how? Because they tell you to do it, but they don't really sometimes tell you how. So right now, I want to bring our attention to why we even need prayer. This world is so crazy. I mean, we super learned it in 2020. Like... (laughs) nothing is stable and nothing is as we thought it was. You know, there are people who are here today and they were gone tomorrow. They looked healthy and then they got this virus and then they were gone. There were things that we were doing in our everyday lives that were just normal to us and then they were gone, like jobs. I was one of those people who lost one of my jobs in the pandemic. I was a restaurant worker and then, of course, everything hit and we had to all quarantine and all the restaurant jobs got stripped. Or there's temptations that we have every day that plague us. Maybe it's, I'm feeling lonely and I know I'm not supposed to text this person, but I'm gonna text him anyway because I'm feeling lonely. Or maybe it's, I'm feeling numb right now. I feel like I need to be numb right now, so I'm reaching for another drink or I'm reaching for something to smoke. In this world, in the past weekend, there was 12 mass shootings that happened around the United States. And looking around down here, everything is crazy. There's no way that we're looking around here and seeing that there's hope. But when we just turn our eyes upwards, if everyone were to physically look upwards at the lights right now, you can't see anything that's going on around here. God is where we need to focus all of our attention and our, and our lives to so that we can be 
release from everything that's down here. He is our only hope <laughs> to finding peace in this crazy upside down world. So Paul is a person in the Bible and he writes in Ephesians 1.18 that my prayer is that light will flood your hearts and you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are rich and have a glorious inheritance. Now Paul's prayer is that the Ephesians may understand the hope given to them and feel the joy that they can access through the Lord. Paul is pushing them to go deeper in their faith, urging them to seek light in everything they have in order to know God's purpose and plan for them. He pushes them towards Jesus. Jesus is the hope that we also need in our lives. While you are, also, while you are pursuing God, while you are looking for God to give you things, you're like, God, I need you to take this. God, I need you to help me with this. God is already pursuing you. He is already right behind you. But if you're just, you know, reaching for everything over here and reaching for everything over here, all we sometimes need to do is be still and talk to him because he's right there. There is nowhere else you can focus on that is going to reveal your purpose for your life. Nowhere else that's going to properly navigate you through tough situations in your life. He can show you how to let go of those heavy things that you're carrying around that you don't have to. And the only way that these things can be revealed is if you seek him through prayer and then allow him to speak back. Not just talking, not just God, God, God. I need stuff. I need a new car. I would like a boyfriend. I need to be cute. I'm already cute. Just kidding. Um... <laughs> But God, more than just what I need right now, I need, I need you. I need you to speak to me. So how, how do we pray? Now that we know why, we know that we need peace. We know that we need hope. We know that God can give that to us. How do I access that? Well, first, it's funny because Jesus actually tells us there's a way we're not supposed to pray. I don't know if you know this, but there is a part in the Bible that, in Matthew, that God says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, this is the only reward that they will get. That just means if you're out and you're praying just so that people can hear you, there's no real anything behind it except for I want attention and I'm just saying holy words to look holy. That's the only reward you're going to get. You're not going to get any peace. You're not going to get any hope. You're not going to get any God speaking to you. It's just going to be attention that you're going to get from people. And that doesn't last very long. He keeps going and he says, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words over and over again. He doesn't want us to just talk to him so he can hear our voice. You know when you talk to somebody and it's like, it's the worst, I hate having these conversations. They're so surface. They're like, what you doing? Nothing. You do anything yesterday? Nope. Okay, bye. That's not what God wants us to pray. He don't want us to pray to him like just, just so he can hear us talk. Like he actually wants our hearts to be in it. He wants our heads to be in it. He wants our whole entire being to be surrendered to that conversation. So Jesus actually does teach us how to pray. And many of you who might've grown up Catholic or might've grown up in the church might've heard the Lord's prayer before. So the Lord's prayer is the way that Jesus teaches us how to pray. The Lord's Prayer is, our Father who, art, who is in heaven, depending on what translation you have, it's like really art and thou, but this is the NLT, so. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So God doesn't actually just want us to repeat this exact thing every day and then magically things are going to get better. It's not that this is supposed to be like a chant that we do and then like blessings just flow out of the chant. This is a template for us to pray God's peace in our own lives. So if we break it down, the first part says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. That means that the first part of your prayer needs to begin with praise. Tell God something that you liked that he's done for you already. God, thank you for waking me up this morning because a lot of people didn't wake up this morning. God, thank you for giving me that promotion that you gave me that I wasn't even expecting, but I knew I needed some money and all of a sudden I got a promotion. Thank him for, <laughs> for literally whatever you can think of. When you have a relationship with someone, a relationship, for example, your mom doesn't want you to come up to her and go, hi mom, can I have five dollars? No, your mom would be like, uh, no. <laughs> mom wants you to go, hi mom, I like that shirt. That's nice. Can I have five dollars? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, God obviously doesn't need to be buttered up, right? But that is how you have relationship. You don't just come into relationship asking for stuff with your hand out all the time. You come and you give glory to that person. So God also wants glory. The next part is may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray that God will show you his will for your life. What does it look like if I follow my plan versus if I follow God's plan? Well, we make a lot of plans as humans. I'm sure a lot of us had plans when we were high school, especially because all the guidance counselors and everything tell you to make a plan. They're like, what you gonna do? And you're like, well, I wanna get married before I'm 23, and then I wanna have my degree when I'm 24, then I'm gonna have a white picket fence and a dog, and it's gonna be great, I'm gonna be a millionaire, I'm gonna have a boat sometime, it's gonna be awesome. And then as we go to be adults, we know that that's not how it always happens. Oftentimes, it happens a lot grosser than that. You're like, oh, I didn't see all this other stuff that was going to happen. I don't know if I would have planned like this if I knew that all this was happening. But when we seek our own plan, that's just what happens. We just end up going here and there and everywhere. And when we seek God's plan, we know that the, the proper direction for us to be going. You know that if we have somewhere to go, right? If I need to get to Chick-fil-A, I'm not familiar with this area. I turn on my GPS. If I just start taking less than rights like I want to, I'm not going to get there. If I just look at my GPS, it will take me where I need to go. If I make a left turn and I'm supposed to make a right, it's going to reroute me to the right direction. God does the same thing in our lives. He's our God positioning system. If I start taking lefts and rights and, and backwards and forwards and, and I'm just going anywhere I want to, all I have to do is turn my attention back to God. And he will take me to the destination that I need to be getting to. So you need to ask him his will, where he wants you to go, not the left turns and the right turns that you want to be making. If you need to pray about a specific situation, this will be the time in your prayer to do that. God, I need you to show up in my career. I don't know what I'm doing at my job. I don't like working here. I don't like my boss, don't like the people around me. God, show me where I'm supposed to be going. God, in my finances, I'm making like $3 an hour. Like when you take tax for all the attitude I have to do with that work, it's about $3. And I need more, <laughs> but I don't know how to steward my finances right now. So God, show me how to do that. God, there is somebody you have for me, I think. I don't see them right now. God, can you just show me what your will is for my purity, for my life, for who I need to be putting my energy towards? 
The next part, it says, give us today the food we need. This is where you ask for your physical needs. This is the part where you get to ask. We did a lot before this, so we get to ask now. So maybe there's something that you physically need, like a transmission for your car. I remember when the transmission on my car went out. They told me it was like $5,000 to fix. I said, oh, oh, no. But this is the time you would ask for things like that. God, the transmission just went out of my car. I don't have $5,000 to fix it. Can you just give me a transmission <laughs> or a new car? Or I don't know what your will is right here, but like if your will is to give me a new car, God, please just bless me with it. But there's anything you can ask for. God says if we don't ask, we don't receive. So if you need something, this is the part of the prayer for you to ask. The next part says, and forgive us our sins. If you know for a fact there's something you're doing that God would not approve of, that is outside of God's will, this is the time for you to talk about that. You know, God, I said that I wanted you to show me your will in my love life, but I know I've been talking to this person I'm not supposed to. I, w I haven't been pure with my body. I haven't been honoring you with my actions. This is the time where you would apologize and you would ask God to forgive you for that. The next part says, as we forgive others who have sinned against us. Now, this is the part of the prayer where you go, ooh, if there's somebody in my life that I am holding on to bitterness about, or I'm holding on to hurt about, I have to let it go. Forgiveness is not for them. If somebody came up right now and they put like a lead ball on my, on my ankle and then gave me the key, which is forgiveness, and I was like, they gotta take it off. I'm mad at them. They put it on me. They need to take it off. That, they walking around freely. You the one with the weight on your ankle. You have to forgive them so you can move and walk towards your blessings. So you can move and walk towards God's purpose for your life. So you have to forgive. It's not for those people. It's for you. You're blocking your own blessings when you don't forgive. The last part says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the part where you ask for God's protection. God, protect me from my own wrong desires. My mom and my sister put something on Instagram the other day, and I was like, that was good. You ever, give, you ever get God by a meme? It said, don't be the weapon formed against yourself causing you not to prosper, right? So ask God to protect you from yourself sometimes, because sometimes you need protected from your own spirit and your own thoughts and your own actions. God, protect me from those trying to harm me. People wishing me bad, people who don't want me to get promoted, people who don't want me to be successful. God, protect me from that. So from the beginning to the end, our Father who art in heaven, give God some praise. Ask God what his will is for your life. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. Ask, us for your ask him for your physical needs. Forgive us our sins. This is the time where you confess. As we have forgiven those who have sinned against us, this is the time where you forgive. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Ask for protection. Now, there's another way that you could pray through the Bible. And I really like to do this when I have something specific on my heart. So I usually come to the, to the Lord's Prayer when I'm like, I don't know where to get started, but they tell me to pray, so I'm, I'm going to try to pray, right? <laughs> this gives you a template for that. But if you're really dealing with something deep like temptation or depression or anxiety, I use this uh, tool. It's called openbible.info. And if you go in there and you would type in the search bar something that you're dealing with, I pulled up anxiety for this example. It will give you a bunch of verses 
that show you what you're dealing with, like show you what God says about what you're dealing with. It's hard when you open the Bible and you just start flipping and you're like, what does God say about peace? What does God say about anxiety? I don't even know where to start. So this is a tool that can help you find, you know, some words about that. The way that you pray through something like that, if we look at Matthew 6, 25, that's uh, like the fourth one down. The first part of that, which is Matthew 6, 25 is, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So if I wanted to pray through this and I was having anxiety right now, I would go, God, I'm worried right now. I'm not really sure where my next meal is going to come from considering I lost my job to the pandemic. I'm not really sure what you have going for me in my love life. I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm going to be alone. But you tell me that my life is more than what I'm worrying about and that I shouldn't worry. So God, show me how to not worry. Show me how to lay this down for you. You can do this for any piece of scripture. You just take the piece of scripture and you apply it to yourself. So I encourage you to either take a picture of this. It's openbible.info and use it whenever you are going through something specific and you need to pray through it. So now you might be wondering, I'm praying, but how do I know if God heard me? How do I know that my prayers aren't hitting the ceiling and not going anywhere, you know, past that? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. Have you ever been looking for your cell phone? Like, you got, you're late to work. You can't find your phone. You look at everywhere for it. You, under pillows, you like, all right, I was in my bed, it's here, it's not on the charger. Now you look at places you just not, like the freezer. You're looking in the, in the dryer, the washing machine. You're like, it's not here, but I'm not leaving till I find this phone. Because I'm not, because I'm not, I'm just going to be late. It is what it is. That is how hard I need you to go when you're looking to seek God. Don't sit down and do one prayer and be like, don't sit down and do one prayer and be like, where's my blessing? I didn't find it here, so I guess it don't work. You don't, sir, you, you, you don't do that with anything else that you're really, really searching for. When you seek it and you search it, you keep going. God, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to you because I didn't find it here, so maybe I'll find it here. I didn't find it here, so maybe I'll find it here. Maybe I need to add this or take this away. But you have to keep coming back. And like I said, God is pursuing you at the same, t- same time that you're pursuing him. So there is going to be a time that you find him. I remember that there was a time that I had to make a prayer. If you don't know my story, there was a moment in my life that I fell away from Jesus. And I wasn't coming, I wasn't coming to church and I remember driving on Gun Highway. I remember exactly where I was. I was by the Shell gas station. I was driving, and I was just, it was so nice outside, but I was dark. I know some of us have been there. I've been the dark cloud, and it's so sunny outside. You're like, oh, why the weather doing this? <laughs> it's a beautiful day. I'm mad, though, so I don't want it to be cute. I don't want it to rain. Anyways, so I'm driving. I was like, I have nothing left. And at this point, I wasn't even with Jesus anymore, but I was like, God, if you have something for me, can you just let me know what it is? Can you just tell me? Because I have nothing left. I have nothing. And this is the part where I started seeking. I went to Wednesday night Bible study here at Grace. That wasn't exactly for me. I was the youngest one by like 20 years. So I was like, maybe this isn't the place. Then I came to the exchange. (laughs) It was at South Tampa. (laughs) There was like 30 of us. Anybody who's OG Exchange, y'all remember Pastor Howell was the welcome team? 
He was the connection team, the speaker. He was the, he was everything, maintenance. <laughs> and I remember coming in, and mind you, I've known Pastor Hal and Chrissy for many years. It's been like eight years at this point that I walked into exchange, and I was expecting him to shame me. I was expecting him to go, where you been at? You know, but he wasn't. He was just like, hey, welcome back. Glad to have you. And that's when I kept seeking. I was coming to him like, what does the Bible say about this? Why do I say this? I don't understand why that is in there. He was giving me resources. He was giving me books. He was giving me verses to read. He told me to pray. I had to put in the work. I had to seek. I had to search. And now I've been delivered from a lot of that depression and darkness and anger that God had me in. And that that the devil had me in that God brought me out of. So I stand here before you telling you that I've experienced it. If you seek and you search, it's there for you. The power is there for you. I remember praying one day. I, I, mind you, I haven't talked, I didn't talk to nobody about this situation, right? I was praying. I was like, God, I need this. I need help. I don't know what your answer is to this. Amen. My phone buzzed. My mom sent me something that I had to pretend. I hadn't spoken to her about it. It pertained exactly to the prayer I just had. I was like, that was creepy and fast. Where I get that fast pass at? Because I need another one. Sometimes it's quick, but sometimes it's not. But know that God is hearing you. He is hearing you when you speak. And sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no. Sometimes it's a maybe, and sometimes it's a keep praying and be patient. And you have to keep seeking. The only way that you're going to find this power, the only way that you're going to find hope, the only way you're going to find peace and purpose is being connected with God. And in order to connect with God, you have to have access to his son, Jesus. If he doesn't live in your heart, you can't access the power. You have to, you have to get the passcode to get there, and Jesus is the passcode. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth, the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way, the only truth. And the only way you're going to find life, and no one can access the power of the Father except through him. When we try to look for hope here on this earth, all we're going to find is stuff to numb us or stuff to break us. We are not going to find hope, peace, way, truth, life. So right now, I want you to look inside of yourself. If, you, if you're thinking to yourself, I have never experienced this power that they speak of. I don't even know what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. I'm not perfect. Let me tell you, Christians ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. No one in this room is. But we're all seeking and searching to get closer to Jesus. So right now, I want you to close your eyes. Paul earlier talked about being chosen people in Christ. And the only way you can be chosen and have access to the one who is more powerful than presidents, who has his purpose and plan for your life, who can reposition you to the direction you need to be going, is to have Jesus. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And if you want to access that life, I pray that you pray this prayer right here in your seat. You can pray it silently to yourself. God, I know that I have sinned. I know that I'm not perfect. And I know that you have more for me. Please forgive me for the things that I haven't been doing that are in your will. I ask you to take up space and residence in my heart. 
I ask you to show me how to access your power and show me the way to you. I thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Thanks for listening.